sometimes you just feel tired, feel weak. And when you feel weak, you feel like you wanna just give up. But you gotta search within you. Try to find that inner strength and just pull that shit out of you and get that motivation to not give up and not be a quitter. All right, guys. Welcome back to the No Soliciting Experience. It's your boy Rick here. I'm super excited for today's podcast. We have somebody who was introduced to me from a previous guest on the podcast and someone who I've recently gotten actually really close with. He's a great friend. Um, so first, just want to bring Nico on. Nico, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate Brian Jang. Shout out to Brian for making the introduction. Um, and yeah, dude, I am so excited to dive into this. So before we get started, Nico, do you, would you mind introducing yourself a little bit to to the listeners, kind of um, let us know who you are and how you got into the door-to-door space. Ricky, appreciate you having me on the podcast, man. Really excited for this. Uh, pumped to jump into my story and, and really be able to provide some value to others out there in the industry. Um, so a little bit about my background. I started in solar about eight years ago. Um, I was a lost kid at the time. Uh, you know, come from a background where humble beginnings, you know, family didn't really have much, um, you know, come from a background where really, if we weren't grinding, we weren't making any money. And for me as a kid, you know, I, I remember everything from scrap and metal to whatever I could do to, uh, to make money was, was really at the, the core of what I was looking to do. Um, and so, I remember when I was uh, 16 years old, just to kind of jump into my story, I was at Arby's and I had a, I had $1 in my pocket um, at the time. And I was trying to buy something on the menu and they didn't have anything for a dollar on the menu. It was, everything was like $1.50, $1.75, literally had a dollar in my name. And uh, I was with my buddy Scott at the time and he pulled out a stack of hundreds. And I remember like, I was like, dude, like, who'd you, you know, where'd you get that? Would you sell? Like, <laughs> did you rob somebody? You know, I was just trying to get an idea of like, where'd you make that money? He's like, Hey man, I, um, I took a sales job with my dad. Um, I was never a good student, you know, um, never was good in school, never really wanted to listen to anybody. And, uh, ultimately I, I was just really hungry to make money. Um, as any, you know, young kid that doesn't come from much is, and I said, you know, beg Scott for like two weeks, like, dude, you got to get me a job. You got to get me a job. I was just inspired um, seeing him pull out that stack. And so I started working, just doing some phone sales. He worked at like this stock analyst company. Um, it was studying to get my series seven exam at the time uh, and just hopping on the phone and learning like the art of talking to people. And at first I sucked, like I was just terrible. And I remember the boss there was like, dude, I don't know if you're going to be able to make this. I was 16, 17 year old kid. And I was just on the phones, uh, ripping through names, just trying to get people interested into their software that they had put together. And then I remember just something clicked. Um, it was probably about a month or two after working there and something just clicked. And I just started to get really good at talking to people. Um, and from there, I, I worked there for about a year. Uh, and I think around the time, 17 and a half, 18 years old, one of the analysts there left, he started working at a company named Evolve, which was Solar City's uh, biggest dealer program out of New York. And he's like, dude, you got to come do door to door and solar. And, um, and he then was pitching me for like a month, like, hey, man, you got to come do door to door and solar. You got to come do door to door and solar. And I'm like, door to door, like, I'm not trying to freaking go door to door, man, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, this, this sounds like BS. Um, but I was like, you know what, whatever, why not? I'll, I'll check it out. I'll try it out and see how it goes. So I went out. Uh, the manager that I had was just awful. I remember I walked into an office and it was like five sales reps. All the dudes in the office were like 55 to 60 years old. Here I come in, this 17, 18 year old kid, just you know, had no idea what I was doing and was handed a door-to-door -door script on a piece of paper and was like, yeah, go out into area and sell. The only management I ever got at that time, I was taken out for one day. Um, the manager, he took me around an area 
and we probably knocked on three doors and he's like, yeah, I got to get out of here, man. You know, and it was just absolute nonsense. And so I kind of just took matters into my own hands. I remember at the time I got into my car, drove out to a town uh, in Plainview and in the middle of nowhere in New York, I just drove to a random town, didn't have area that was set for me, didn't have any sort of knocking app, anything, and just got out of the car, um, knocked on the door. And this, this short dude came outside, he was probably like five, four, came out on his porch and, uh, and I sold him a solar system. First door I ever knocked on. Dang. Um, I know. Yeah, it was, it was. And obviously from that point forward, didn't work out like that on every go, obviously, but like knocked on this dude's door. He comes outside. I'm like, Hey man, you ever think about, and the reason I knocked on his door, Ricky, was because he had a, uh, a vault that was plugged into the house, um, like electric vehicle. And I was like, if I can't sell this guy, the, I can't sell anybody in this industry. Knocked on his door. He came outside, sold him a solar system. At the time, I think we were making like 180 bucks a kilowatt. I made two grand on the deal, and uh, I was absolutely hooked from that point forward. You made how much per kilowatt? I think it was 180 bucks a kilowatt at the time. Dude, that takes me back <laughs> to my early days. Dude, yeah. oh my gosh. Dude, I remember. So when I started in solar in 2014, we got paid, I think, 275 a kilowatt. Huh. But if you had a closer come with you, you only got paid 200 bucks a kilowatt. And I was like, dude, now yeah. we see, now, now we see where like P PPWs are at. We see where all the pay is at. And I'm like, dude, it's oh crazy, man. I'm like thinking back now, I'm like, dude, we were getting hosed. And I was probably selling, I know. That, probably selling that deal at like 380, four bucks a watt, maybe even higher. Yeah, um, I was selling so, yeah. at like 21 cents a kilowatt exactly yeah and i was like now looking back i'm like oh my gosh i got <laughs> i got railed yeah. but it's one of those things dude i think you, it's like it's it's the price you pay for the experience and i think something that the the industry right now has the sense of entitlement people aren't willing to put in the time people aren't willing to quote unquote eat shit to be put in a better situation later on in life. Everyone wants it now, 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 without putting agree. in any work for it. Yeah, I, I, could, I couldn't agree more. Um, because at that 180 a kilowatt, like, dude, you had to hustle to make, to make your money, right? Like to pay yeah. your bills, like you had, to, you had to put up numbers. And it's like a lot of these new guys in the industry, they're coming in, like these dudes have been in solar for like six months and they're like, oh, I, I want a 210 baseline. I want a 240 baseline. And it's like, well, hey, man, that's great and all, but you, know, you want to be putting up more than one to two deals a month, right? And so- I think when I first started, my whole mentality um, was this mentality is there's not enough time in a day. And for me, you know, I would look at every two hours as a new day. So like from 10 to 12, if I made a sale at 12 o'clock noon, I would then put in my head like 12 to two, this is a brand new day for me, right? Like whatever I did from 10 to 12, no longer exists, 12 to two brand new day. Let's get after it. Let's hustle. Um, so there just was never enough time in a day to, to really just be out there and, and grinding it out, um, hitting the field. I remember I used to have, you know, wires hanging out of my pockets, hot spots, water bottles, backpacks, like, you know, I'd pack a lunch for myself and I'd be out there, man, from freaking eight, nine o'clock in the morning till sometimes eight at nine at night. And, and in New York, as you know, it gets damn cold. So, I mean, I knocked throughout the year. So there were times where we were, uh, we were out there, boots, gloves, <laughs> jacket, you, you know, the deal, uh, beanie. And we were just out there, man, knocking, it gets, it would get dark at what, 6 PM. So knocking late, you know, and, and it was a phenomenal experience. I think anybody that comes into this industry or anybody that's looking to get into business should at least do two years of door to door to really get out there, um, level up their communications and, and really learn how to talk to people and work with different people. I think you mentioned on something that's huge is communication. <clears throat> and I think just so a lot of us, and this is a conversation that I have recently is people have select communication. They only communicate what they want to communicate. And 
um, this may be a topic for a different day, but I think overall communication is the key to success in this industry. So many people just know how to overcome objections, how to close one or two, maybe three different ways. And that in a sense becomes repetitive and now it's, it, it has no meaning. Like the true form of communication, I think is something that seriously lacks, not just in sales, but in all aspects of life, I think. So dude, you're right. I would say for everyone to go out and just learn sales, learn how to really communicate, not just with your customers, but everyone who you interact, you interact with in life. Um, But dude, I actually, I feel a little spoiled because I've only, I've predominantly knocked in California Uh and even, even winters in California are nice. Like the first taste of real cold that I got was this year. I was in Midland, Texas when Texas had frozen over. That's the coldest I've ever knocked in. Yeah. It's a different animal. It is (laughs) disgusting. (laughs) Let me tell you. So my hats off to everyone who knocks in the cold. Like me, I am, I'm just a wuss. (laughs) I'm just a wuss when it comes to the cold. I hear you, man. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, and, and all together, I just fell in love with it. Right. Like I fell in love with the grind. Um, You know, I ended up working my way up at the company that I was at at Evolve. Uh, top day in solar to this day, eight years later was at Evolve. I did seven in a day. Um, so it was a fat day in solar, uh, biggest day I've ever done. Um, and that was from, you know, what some one not closes, which was a, a lot more common back in the day. And also having a couple presets on the calendar that I uh, had set for myself a couple of days prior. Um, but yeah, I mean, all together, man, you know, I, I worked there for a bit. There was a merger with Sun Edison back in those days. And then Sun Edison went belly up. I saw the writing on the wall and I was like, dude, I'm out of here. Um, and then there, and then there comes like this thing where, you know, uh, people say like fake it till you make it. Right. And, and so for me, um, I then worked my way into management and literally faked it. Like I was, I think 19 years old and, and I came into this company first light energy. I'll uh, be completely transparent, botched my resume, said I had managerial experience cause I knew I could build a team. Um, came in there with a team of four of my friends and, uh, and we built it up to like 25, 30 plus representatives and we were cranking out like 30 to 40 million a year in revenue over a two year period. So built that whole door to door division. We then built out internal call center operation. Um, we're basically doing the door to door and the call center side by side. And uh, that was my greatest experience in management. Worked my way from district management to regional management, built out a couple of offices. And it was an amazing experience, man, from going from that kid with a dollar in my pocket in Arby's a few years prior to running a large sales organization and being able to take care of myself and becoming, you know, having that sense of financial freedom um, was huge for me. And, And right before this, we were talking about like, you know, managing money and when you don't have money and then you do have money. So like, you know, definitely wasn't the wisest as a young kid with, with the money that I had. And, you know, you make mistakes and learn along the way, but, um, yeah, it's a blessing for sure. And great, grateful for all the opportunities that I've been given over that period of time. And, and uh, learning from going on the doors to managing a team and, and learning how not only to have that communication with customers, but also learning how to work with the different personality traits of representatives and, and being there for them has been um, an ongoing uh, you know, learning curve for me up until this day. And, and I'm still learning every single day on how, how to get better at working with people. Dude, I love that. You you bring up a topic that um, I I love, and it's fake it till you make it. There's so many times, dude, even now in my life where it's like, at first it was fake it till you make it, but I think you took it one step further because you, you knew the potential that you had, right? I think it's, um, and this is one of the things that I work with my personal coaching clients, 
is not just the like the manifestation but the visualization of like i know this is who i'm going to become i just need that shot to be able to become that person so you saw yourself you knew that that you can build teams you knew that you can do the things that you did you just needed that 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 i guess that chance yeah to be able to do it so to everyone listening to this like there's the phrase yeah fake it till you make it but actually become it yeah. fake it till you become that person right tell yourself that you are the $10,000 a month earner tell yourself that you are the 10,000 dollar a day earner and then go do what the ten thousand dollar a day week month you know earner does it's one thing because people talk right as soon as you talk it as soon as you say it like that's cool right like we all at least in my circle and at least the people who i associate myself with we're going to be like hell yeah and we're going to help you where we can give you the tools and resources to be able to to do that but at the end of the day you have to walk that walk Yep. And no one else can walk that walk with you. You have to become that person that you say you're going to become. Agreed, man. And, and to take it to take it even further from there, it's like, you know, a lot of the times I feel in my life personally, I'm sure you could relate as well. Like we're always looking to get somewhere, right? Like we're in a place and then we're looking to get to a, a destination. Um, and I always thought with manifestation and visualization, it was like, okay, when I get here, I'll be happy. Or when I get here, I'll be fulfilled, right? And, and I think that what I've learned a lot over, over the years is it's not a matter of where you're going. It's a matter of embodying who that is today and living within that person that you know you already are and the potential that you're going to achieve today. Because if you're grateful for what you have now, if you're, you know, practicing your manifestations, practicing your visualizations, but you're able to humble yourself and be grateful for what you do have and really be able to create that person today who is going to, you know, achieve those things, then it just bridges that gap a lot faster. You know, it bridges that gap a lot faster because you're then not like living in this place of like, oh, I'm depressed, I'm this, I'm that. Because living in that place and being, you know, negative or having a negative outlook on where you are today is actually going to hold you back from where you want to be, from what I've found. Exactly. One of the things that I teach, dude, almost everyone, and when I have the opportunity is like, one, figure out who you want to become, right? We're talking about bridging the gap between who you are now and who you want to become. Like, literally sit down and visualize, like, like what does your morning look like? Like who you want to become? Like, what does your house look like? What does your bedroom look like? Right? What do you do when you wake up? Because once you do that, you have an emotional attachment to that. And in situations where, you know, things get hard, you're like, what would myself in five years do? What would that person that I'm trying to become do? And do that and start acting like yourself in five years. And like you said, you're bridging that gap. You are now taking what would have taken you five years and now you're shortening down that time. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's it's incredible. But again, it just comes down to doing, comes down to the action, right? So you you build this team and then you had a little time in California as well, right? Yeah. So I, uh, I built a team in New York, kind of built a little bit of a name for myself at the time. And then from that point, I... Uh, had a couple of different opportunities and, and I knew I wanted to reach out. I knew I wanted to get out of New York and I, um, and I had an opportunity to a couple of different, a uh, couple of different, uh, like Vivint was giving me an opportunity, Infinity Energy had a couple of different opportunities in California. And so packed up all my bags, you know, hopped in, hopped in uh, my BMW at the time attached my, uh, a, a toe, a little toe thing on the back of the BMW, put my motorcycle in there, put all my shit in there and basically got in the car, man, and drove across the country. Didn't have an apartment, didn't have anything set up, just had a job opportunity, you know, had some money in my bank and I'm like, let's do this thing. And so I moved out to California and I worked as a, you know, regional manager. I ended up taking a job at infinity for like six months. I made a boatload of money. And I knew at that point, that it was time to do my own thing. 
Um, and then I started my own solar organization, Simple Flow. And so that was, uh, that was probably the scariest thing that I've ever done in my life um, was starting my company. And I do want to talk a little bit about serendipitous situations, putting yourself out there. Um, I think the story of like how I met my business partner could be super beneficial for, for people listening in. So when I moved out there, I didn't know anybody. Um, I know anybody, Ricky literally came out there and I was just solo. And I, I ended up moving to this random town, you know, Walnut Creek up North. They were like, Hey, this would be a good place for you to live. I'm like, all right, no doubt. Like, sounds good, man. Um, moved out there and, uh, and this girl that I knew from New York, she's like, Hey, you should meet up with my, my other girlfriend that lives in the city in San Francisco. Here's her number texted her and she's like yeah like we're having a pregame tonight like you can come by if you want like like that you know like and it was like oh man like am I gonna put myself out there and like drive to this pregame and I remember having that thought in my head of I'm not gonna go like I I really don't know anybody like I'm nervous and I'm like I screw that man like you know what I mean like I'm going to go and I'm going to go meet some new people and that moment right there that single moment that single decision that I made to go to this pregame, which seemed like a little decision at that time, completely changed the course of the next three or four years for me. Um, and, and it's those little moments in life where you can make a decision to network, you can make a decision to meeting people, or you can make the decision to not, that could make all the difference. I went there and I met this dude, Jack, and I met this dude, Will, um, and we became super close friends. Will ended up becoming my business partner and like everything trickled from that one moment of like going to that pregame and going to meet up with these people that I didn't know. And so like, it's, I just think it's just wild how in life, how these small little choices that you make can make such a huge difference um, in the way that your life plays out. Dude, I agree with that 1000%. And it's when, when I saw on, on the notes about being scared to start. Um, this is something for the a lot of the listeners that, and even for you, man, like most people don't know this about me, but I am naturally a very fearful person. Like, like shit just scares me, you know? Yeah. Um, even in this industry, like a lot of us, like people that you, if you're listening to this, people who you see who, you see that they have things together. They talk so fluidly. They do this, they do that. And it almost seems effortlessly. It's not. Like for me, the act of talking to somebody at one point in my life scared the crap out of me. Even now, dude, like stuff that like five years ago, I'm scared the crap out of me. I do it now because it's like, no, I don't. I refuse to live in fear. And so many of us live in fear of, failure what if I do this and what if I fail what if I do this and what if the other right like you going to that pregame you're like I don't want to go just do it at the end of the day you have absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain everything that I've done with my page and with my platform it's like I was so anonymous for two years of having my page you know because I was scared of what people were going to think I was scared of like what people were going to say when they found out it was me, what were they going to like, just so many just dumb things. And now it's like, I stepped into something that I was very fearful. I grew into something that I was scared of growing into being this person of influence, being this person that people counted on. And every day it's like stuff I do stuff that stuff that I get to do now scares the crap out of me, but I know the impact that it has on other people. Yeah. You know, your life can change by simply just doing what you're scared of doing. And I think that you could agree that overcoming fear equals growth. Oh, big time. And that's and that's what fear is. Fear is keeping you in that sense of like being comfortable. No yeah. one. I mean, let's talk about sales. Let's talk about life. You know, if you're a, a person pursuing it, like somebody of the other of the opposite sex or whoever it is that, that you're interested in, you're scared of being rejected. So that's why you don't go up and talk to that person. You see somebody outside, you're scared to go talk to them because now maybe your office is thrown off. Everyone is used to talking to somebody at the doorstep. So 
you're able to do these different things. So if you see someone outside, you don't know how to tailor your presentation to them because now they're out in the open. It's a little bit different of a situation. And you just say, well, hi, hey there. And you just walk away. Almost yeah. kind of like that scene in Dumb and Dumber where <laughs> he goes up to him. He's like, big gulps, huh? All right. Well, see you later. How many of those times like reps do that when they see people outside? Dude, I was like, that oh, rep. I, I was that rep. I remember being in a town, Merrick, um, in New York. It was cold as shit. It was like 7 p.m. It was dark. And I was in an area. You know how we cherry pick our areas. So it's like, oh yeah. usually we'll cherry pick an area that's like, you know, middle class. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to the baller homes in Merrick. Like, I'm going to go knock on these baller ass houses. And same thing. I saw this dude outside. Um, and I didn't even, I, I didn't even say anything. I walked right past him and he, he said, you're not even going to pitch me. And like called at me down the block and I, and I came back and I like ran through my spiel and ended up going inside and selling a 17 kilowatt system. So like, if I would have stayed in what I felt was my comfort zone by not saying anything, I would have, you know, which I did. I may have never got that sale. Um, if he didn't imp- approach me, I would have never got that sale. So yeah, comfort's the enemy. Um, one thing I've learned from running my organization is, you know, you can never stay comfortable. If you're comfortable in where you are, you're not growing. And if you're not growing, you're not getting better. If you're not getting better, ultimately, then what's the point of life? You know, what's the point of life if you're not continuing to get better um, each and every single day? Like, you know, who I want to look up to is the person that I'm going to be in five, 10 years from now, not the person that I am today. And to look back at who I was five years ago to look at who I am today is just a completely different person. And I know that the person I am today to look at who I'm going to be in five years from now is going to be a completely different person. And that comes from going through those uncomfortable situations and putting myself in those uncomfortable situations, taking risks. Um, you know, starting this business was one of the biggest risks I've ever taken. And I've failed, you know, over and over and over again in so many different verticals, but you fail and then you learn and you correct, you fail, you learn, and then you correct. And, uh, yeah, man, just pushing yourself out of that comfort zone, out of your comfort zone for me has been life-changing altogether. That's what it is. We're just looking to change and be better it just comes down to like a relentless and resiliency to it man like there is outside of door-to-door or even sales man like we hear it like we we see it we see that people aren't happy but yet we do things that the people we look at and we're like i don't want to be that person and this like this this isn't like a dig or like an insult to anyone who works a nine to five or anybody that like, whatever, like everybody's version of success is different, right? We see if you're listening to this, you know what your version of success is and you know what you don't want to do. So why do you do the things that the people you quote unquote look down on are doing? They are comfortable. But when things get hard for us, we revert back into that sense of comfort. We fail and we fail back right? One of the things yeah. that I teach that I, I teach any, any chance that I'm giving is if you're going to fail, fail forward, right? Yeah. And even to the point of like, if I fall, you ever notice me fall? And I'm a big guy. Like I'm <laughs> clumsy as can be. Like I'm just a klutz. But if you ever see me fall, you will never see me fall back. Yeah. Right. I always fall forward. And Love that's that. how I take every aspect of life. If the, the only reason I fall back, if, if somebody like bigger than me pushes me back and that very unlikely happens yeah right so just fall forward fail fail multiple times anytime i'm on a recruiting call I'm like cool let's get you out of here and let's get you failing as fast as we can yeah yeah i mean there's people, this uh i was, I was just gonna say there was this book all right it's called go for no um and it's it's a great book it just talks about like going for more no's than yeses, you know, like, and there's this thing of resilience and, you know, just quick story of like some adversity I faced, like, you know, I, I was in a really tough spot within the business at one point and, you know, 
uh, it was just one thing after another, man. Like, you know, my car got stolen. Like it was just, I broke my ankle. Like it was just like, I was laid up in a cast and like just everything just happened at once. And it's like, almost like your old self testing you, right? It's like that subconscious old self trying to keep you in a place and you got to just break past those barriers and it really comes down to like rewriting that narrative like coming in there and just like you know rewriting who who it is that you are um rewriting the stories of your past the stories that culture have molded you on who who you know the stories that culture have molded you on like who you think you are what teachers have told you parents friends and even people who think they're in your best interest like you need to create your own story you better make sure it's a badass story and and that helps being able to overcome those adversities and like i remember being at those all-time lows um and just keep pushing like every single day like you're gonna have bad days not every day you're gonna blow it out of the park but if you if you don't there's a difference between failing and being a failure failing is is a necessary thing to do failing is a necessary thing to do every single day because you learn from failing being a failure is when you completely give up. As long as you don't give up, you're resilient, you keep your head in the game, and you push every single day to become a better version of yourself, to make your company better, you know, to focus on hitting as many doors as you can, to focus on hitting high sales numbers, and outside of sales in general, just focusing on, you know, replacing negative habits with positive habits in your life and just becoming uh, that ultimate you you know, there, there's no stopping what you can accomplish in this life. No doubt. And one of the things that I want to add on to that is experiencing, you can't experience true happiness without experiencing the lows, right? Um, one of the greatest concepts I ever learned was the concept of the pendulum swing, right? Yeah. The pendulum is going to swing back. So at what point in your life, you may be at a negative 10, you have to be able to experience that negative 10 to be able to experience a positive 10. Newton's law of physics talks about how their every action has an equal reaction on the positive as well as negative. Every action has a reaction, whether that's going to positively influence your life or negatively influence your life. Reading the book, going to gain you positive points. You know, partying too late, going to give you negative points, right? Being at an all-time low yeah, it whatever puts you in that situation puts you there, but you either learn from it and swing back the other way, or you stay there. Yeah, yeah. Just use just you use that momentum the same way a swing uses the, the momentum when you swing back. It's going to swing you that way forward. But if you've ever been on the swing, what do you do? You tuck your legs back, and as soon as you go down, you kick your legs forward, and that's going to propel you forward. Yep. So many times people keep their legs tucked in and it just brings them back a little bit and they slow down. Yeah. Why? Just kick your legs forward with using that momentum, using that, that momentum that got you into the negative and push yourself in, into the forward, you know, push yeah. yourself into the positive. Yeah. Well, that kind of reminds me of like, I was working with my coach um, and we would talk about like, you know, we, ha we have our, uh, we have our floor and we have our ceiling, right? And like the floor is like our negative worst state, you know, super pessimistic, just negative. And our ceiling is like that optimistic go-getter hustler. And, and when you continue to do this work and you focus on like recreating that mindset, having a, a badass attitude, um, you know, surrounding yourself with positive people, you know, keeping a sense of humility, you know, observing what's around you ultimately you're able to stretch that wall and raise that uh, i'm sorry stretch that ceiling and raise that floor so that like your lows aren't so low and your highs can just keep going higher um and that's one thing that i've learned a lot with working with coaches and, and continuing to do this self-work is like you know you can recreate um you know, what's going to affect you. Like if something negative happens in, in life, it's, it's a matter of how you pick yourself up. It's a matter of how you handle it. Uh, and it's a matter of like how you let it affect you ultimately. Exactly. It can either, 
I don't know. It's just changing the fact that as simple as life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. Yeah. And it just comes down to the self-awareness. Ultimately, it just comes down to personal development. Because the more you, you develop yourself as a person, the more you're aware of these situations. Like, if, if and it shows, it shows, I can't stress this enough. Like, if you work on yourself, you'll know what's happening. It's like time slows down for every for everyone who works on themselves because you're able to pick up on the patterns. You're able to pick up, okay, like this day is not the best day that I've had and it's fine. I'm going to go do what I can with what I got. Yep. But you have to be aware that this is happening. You can't just keep putting it off to the side. You got to be aware of it. What I what I teach a lot of my reps and I teach a lot of like my coaching clients is feel what you're feeling, feel it. Right. Don't put it away. Cause then later it's going to come back. You're going to bottle everything up. It's going to bite you in the ass later. Feel what you need to feel, figure out what you can do right now and do that. Yeah. Straight up. And then not being too prideful to ask for help, you know, like, like, Oh being my able, gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Being able to, to seek out, you know, help when you need it, um, being a sponge, you know, and, and really like what I try and instill in, in all my reps and, and, uh, and in our organization is just like, Hey, don't keep this stuff bottled up. You know, like if you need to talk, talk, if you need to scream, call me scream, right? Like it's life's not easy. And especially being in a sales job and, and, you know, you're not in like a nine to five set structure. You, you don't, know exactly when your next paycheck's going to come unless you're out there grinding it, it, it can all pile up on top of itself and you can't be too prideful to go out and ask for help um and surrounding yourself with people who have been through it um because there's so much you could learn uh from from resources out there so you know i think that that's a big point as well where where do you think you're where where have you gone i'm i'm curious to understand because this like when, like what kind of help have you seeked and what kind of help would you suggest others seeking as well? So for me on my end, um, you know, there was a point in my life where I was, uh, where I was just grinding it out, like easily 13 to 14 hour days, well, even longer sometimes, just like when you're running a business it never stops. And it's kind of the same as like a 1099 working for a company. Like it just never stops. Right. Like for me, there's always something to work on. Um, so there's always something to, to work on. There's always something that you have to, you know, put your mind on. And for me, I, I would, uh, you know, definitely focus on, um, you know, definitely focus on, uh, seeking out like a coach, and for me, it kind of just happened organically. Um, I knew that I needed somebody to lean on because when running a business, the only person that I had to rely on was myself. Um, there was nobody that I'd be able to turn to in a sense, like no higher up because you're at the top of the food chain in a sense. So it's like all of the problems in a given day are, are boiling up to me at the top and I'm handling everybody else's emotions. And I found in myself, like, dude, you need someone that you can turn to, that you can, that you can unload um, some of your burdens on what you, you know, what's going on in your day to day, all the stresses and anxiety. And there was a point where like, I was falling out of love with my business because I was so stuck in the grid of it and dealing with all the problems and everything else. It was like, I was on autopilot in this robot mode. So for me, going out and, and finding somebody, um, I, a lot of the times and it will happen organically. Uh, and if not, there's so many coaches out there to be able to work with. And the number one investment that you can make, you always see people talking about what should I invest in, right? Like how, where should I put my money? What should I invest in? And, and people ask me this a lot. And my number one answer as to what you should invest in is yourself. Um, that's the number one investment that you can make in having, you know, a good diet, investing in, you know, the gym and, and working out, investing in a coach that you could work with every single month. There's no price that you can put on bettering yourself. And that's the single best investment you could ever make, in my opinion.
No doubt. I, oh my gosh, I love that. Because here's what it is. I mean, you, you talked about it. Like as a leader, if you're a, like a manager or an owner, like you take on everyone's crap. And it just comes down to, dude, like to, to think of it this way. There, there's a sense of pride. There's a sense of ego. And there's all, also like a sense of like, um, in a sense, I would say slightly narcissism thinking yeah. that once you hit the top, you're done. Yeah. But if, if that were the case, what, one of the things that, one of the, one of the quotes that I learned is, well, your best month may be $10,000, right? Mm-hmm. Now go talk to somebody who makes $10,000 in a day. Yep. yep. That's what it is. There's always bigger, there's always the next level. If you're not there, why not yeah. work with somebody at the next level and learn from someone at the next level? Because here's the thing. As a leader, as an owner, you again, you you've experienced it. You've put up with everyone's crap, straight and up. you have everyone unloads on you. But who do you unload on? Yep. And how do you go find somebody who's done more than you have? Learn from them, pay for their time because they did everything they were supposed to do. Yep. You're paying to help streamline, and you're paying to help expedite and help bridge that gap. Yeah, because you want to get there. You can't get there unless you level up. One of the concepts that I just spoke with a lot of like my coaching clients is try and take your car. I mean, you drove a BMW. Is it uh, automatic or stick? It was automatic. I now drive a stick. Stick uh, so, Audi though. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like okay, with the Audi, you can take it on second gear on the highway. No, no doubt. Like it, yeah. it it'll go, but. Imagine taking that car on the highway and expecting to keep up with traffic and perform at the highest level that that Audi is supposed to perform on second gear. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't. You, can. you have to shift up. So what do you do? You find somebody, you reset and shift up. And yeah. now you can take on higher speeds. Now you can take on more because you've reset, you've shifted up, which allows you to go to higher speeds without putting a strain on your engine everybody's on second gear on the highway and it's only a matter of time until that engine blows up. Yeah. Two things I want to touch on. One, you mentioned ego. Um, a, a saying I love is like, wear your ego, like a loose fitting garment, right? Like, and a lot of the times when we get into management or when we get into ownership, we think we're too good to do something. And a lot of the owners that I've worked closely with that past organizations I've been at, they've fallen so far away from the ground level that they have no idea what's going on within their organization. So like for me as an owner, I still sell. Like I make sure that with all the other stuff that I have going on, I still at least put up anywhere from like four to eight accounts a month because then I see exactly what's going on on the ground floor. I know exactly what my reps are going through. I see all the little small intricacies, how to get better on process, how to get faster, how to get more efficient, how to make things simpler, what our customers are experiencing, what our softwares look like, what our proposals look like, and really ensuring that like we're being the best that we can possibly be not just for our customers, but for our representatives. And I think that that's a big point is like when, like when we get too big of a head and we think we're too good to do something, we're shooting ourselves in the foot, you know, because like I wear a lot of different hats within the company, but never have I taken myself out of the grind and the grit of it because that's what made me fall in love with the, the industry to begin with. You know what I mean, Ricky? Exactly. Dude, so many people lose touch of it. Um, and it's the passion. It's it's the purpose behind it. Yeah. Um, I guess to touch on that a little bit more, like it's all about purpose, purpose driven. There's this book that I am a huge advocate for. It's called Third Circle Theory. And in one of the circles, it talks about money and it talks about purpose driven rather than being money driven. Thomas Edison. We look at Steve Jobs. We look at so many different people. So, for example, Thomas Edison and Steve Jobs. Thomas Edison wasn't out to create the light bulb for money. Steve Jobs wasn't out to, you know, make Apple to make money. What they did is Thomas Edison wanted to give everyone light. Yeah. And that's what made him money. The purpose behind it, giving everybody the ability to have light. Thomas and then Steve Jobs just wanted to simplify technology for people. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's the value that you bring and it's that purpose that you bring, that that purpose that drives you. I've said it for for years now. Money is a byproduct of the value that you bring to the marketplace. So how are we bringing value how, as a rep, as a manager, as an owner? How are we bringing that value, which will in turn make us money? Yeah. And it's like the kind of thing where it's like you could only sit on so many beaches and you could only have so many cocktails. So it's like money at the end of the day, like it's a great tool and it's a great resource. But yeah, it all comes down to passion um, and it comes down to finding what makes you tick. Finding what, like for me, like I love being able to get homeowners solar. Like I love the artist selling the deal. But what truly inspires me is watching other people's lives change and working with teams and being able to single-handedly see like the value that I've been able to instill in this person is now changing their life and changing their family's life and truly changing the course of what they can achieve within their, their legacy. And to me, that that's the most fulfilling part of this role is, uh, is being able to create that wealth, but also just be able to shift those mindsets and be able to create those next plateaus for the people underneath me, which continues to make me better as a leader. It's all about changing lives, man. That's, that's one of the things that dude spot on. That's one of my, like, that's my passion. Cause I come from, and I feel like we both have similar upbringings, dude. Like I come from nothing, man, like poor single mom, six kids. And it's on me. I have taken the responsibility to break the cycle in my family. And as I break my cycle, I, somebody else who comes from a similar background is going to be attracted to what I'm doing and they're going to break the cycle for them and their family. And that is generational impact. That to me is first and foremost, the most important thing. Money can come and go, I know that I'm gonna make the money that I'm going to make. I don't know what that, I don't know what that number is. And honestly, quite frankly, I don't care because as long as I can create that impact, Whatever I get, it's going to be based according to what I bring and what I've given, right? Yeah. So, dude, that's just find your passion. And it, everything else just, it's funny because it's almost like everything else will fall into place. It's something so simple, but we tend to overcomplicate it. Yeah, we definitely do overcomplicate it amongst other things in life, you know? And, um, and yeah, it, it's like a, a lot, same with me, you know, like I, I don't, I come from a family that, you know, didn't have much growing up either. And like, I remember like all the kids would have like the cruiser bikes and I'd have like the bike that pops found like on the side of the road and cleaned up and painted for me, you know, and everyone had the sidekick I remember. And I had like some tiny little flip phone and, and I, and I remember those times and those humble beginnings and, and some of the things that that I think about is like, you know, when you think about people who grow up in a wealthy environment, typically the wealthy remain wealthy, right? And, and the poor remain poor. I mean, it's, that's what the statistics show. But if you're able to break that cycle and you're able to, to you know, shift your mindset, like I was mentioning, like so important on rewriting that narrative and, and just becoming better every single day, um, there's no telling like how many lives you're going to be able to impact along the way. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's really where my passion lies is just helping change people's lives. And, um, and it's, it's humbling and I'm grateful. And ultimately it's just, it's what gets me up every single day early in the morning. It's what gets me, you know, working ridiculous hours is just having that clear vision and path on where I'm going to go, how I'm going to get there. Uh, knowing it's not going to pan out exactly how I how I'd like it to, but knowing that um, I'm going to continue to learn along the way and help others learn as well, and uh, and really building that family mentality where it's not all about dollars and cents, but it's about building that organization where we can all work together as one team to be able to help each other, change each other's lives, and uh, and yeah, it's. It's amazing, man. You know, sales is an amazing thing. People put a, a real negative, uh, negative undertone on the word sales, but I'm, I'm super grateful to be a salesman. I'm super grateful to be in, 
in sales because, you know, without sales, um, what would we have, you know, there, there, there wouldn't be anything being, being promoted. There wouldn't anything mm -hmm. being, being out there in the world. And, and we have an opportunity to sell the best product in the world, as far as I'm concerned. I agree 100%, man. Well, I don't want to take too much of your time. Yeah. We are getting up there on time. Um, if there is one thing that you can leave with the door to door industry, what would that be? So, I mean, there's a lot of things I'd leave with the door to door industry. Um, there's a quote that I love and, and the quote is, if it's to be, it's up to me. It's, it's really simple. And just taking full responsibility and ownership over everything in your life. And you'll never have anyone to blame but yourself. And so I, I think that it's really easy to point the finger. It's really easy to play that victim mentality. Um, but ultimately, if you take control of every single portion of your life, every single aspect of, of your business and, and really, you know, focus on focus on what you can do every single day and not pointing the finger at anyone and taking full ownership. Uh, it's life-changing because the, the scariest thing you can do is put your fate into somebody else's hands. And I think that that quote, yeah, if it's to be, it's up to me. That, that's been a big one for me for years. And, um, and also, man, just want to let you know, like, I appreciate the opportunity again. Uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. And I just want to throw out there that you know, anybody in the industry, feel free to reach out to me. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm always here to provide value. Um, I want to be able to help others. If you ever have any questions or want to pick my brain or anything like that, I'm, I'm here as a resource. So I appreciate the time, man. And uh, thanks for having me on. Of course. Yeah. Where, where can people find you on social media? Uh, on social media, they can find me. My tag is... Uh, Let's pull it up. It's Nico, N-I-K-O dot solar 31. And um, I'm a little bit of a fossil in the whole social media world, but, but I'm, I'm, com <laughs> I'm coming to life. So uh, you could follow me there, shoot me a DM and, and I'm super responsive. I'm, I'm definitely open to talk to anybody and, uh, and be able to provide any, any value that I can. That's my purpose to be at service to others. So Perfect. All right, Nico, I appreciate you being on, brother. I appreciate the conversation. It's, it's stuff like this is what I love, man. Great conversations, great value. So if you guys listen to this, go back, um, listen to your favorite parts, take notes. And yeah, with that, guys, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Till my bone pull up, till the roof comes on, till the lights blow out, till my leg give out, can't shut my mouth, till the smoke.